joining us. I'm David and I'm with Tom and he's here to help me get my fill. Thanks for, thanks for being here again, Tom. Uh, no problem. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, so coming off of our first episode, um, you know, I wanted to talk about objectivism uh, and, and what responsibilities I have generally and also in the objectivist framework to investigate other philosophies because it's really been my first introduction to any philosophy in, in a real sense. You know, I, I know some vague ideas and um, about other philosophies and stuff, um, but I've been fairly bought into it. Like I do see the truth and value of objectivism and it matches, I mean, it, it does match a lot of the way I, I, I view the world generally. And so, you know, I very much do appreciate it and do believe in it, not like to a large degree, but I'm wondering for myself and, and generally, yeah, what amount of work should I put into investigating other ones that are either, you know, tangential or just complete, like contradictory um, to see if they also, you know, mesh or, or, or pique diff other interests in my mind. So what are your thoughts and, and what did you do when you started to, you know, follow objectivism? Um, so I'll start by talking about how I handled this. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of like, in terms of reading other uh, philosophers, as in the, the academically renowned philosophers, Mm -hmm. um, I actually have not read too many of uh, their works fully. Okay. I've either read sections of them or I've read about their philosophies, general um, summaries. Um, I could potentially, uh, like if pressed, I could, uh, I could try to recite the uh, the general ideas that many of the popular philosophers had mm -hmm. uh, and sort of group them into general categories. And so do you uh, think, first of all, do you think that adds value to your, to you overall? Like, do you think that is at least worth pursuing? Well, I think you, I think you get exposure to different philosophies, whether or not you're, you're actively like researching the, the, the first person, the person who created the philosophy, you know, yeah. uh, just from, uh, just from what you're exposed to in, in, in regular life. Like you'll meet people who maybe they don't care so much about ideas, right? Maybe they just say like, oh, you know, nothing really matters. Mm -hmm. uh, this is all pointless. Or, you know, some people will have political ideas. Um, yeah. And those, they might not explicitly be saying that they have a specific philosophy, but um, what, you know, learning about philosophy makes you realize is that a person's ideas does stem from the philosophies that they hold, whether or not yeah. it's completely consistent or uh, like they could have a mishmash of a bunch of ideas, but mm. um, generally they're, yeah, or or yeah. always their, their ideas in, in any particular topic stem from what they think is right, you know? Yeah, and so, um, you know, that's true. Um, but in terms of, like, actually doing the research to kind of understand, because even if they don't understand where their philosophies come from, it, I'm thinking it might be worthwhile for me to understand them, especially if I want to kind of be able to explain logically and reasonably why I think mine might provide more value to their life than the one that I think they hold right now. Um, but I'm trying to, yeah, so I guess that is what, that's like the more pragmatic, like, you know, I, I need to understand their philosophy so I can convert them to mine. But then there's also the idea of um, like, maybe mine is wrong and it's worth investigating. But so continue, like, what what was your... Well, process. yeah, I, I just wanted to make that little preamble as kind of a, okay, say, yeah. you know, what I, what I've experienced so far, but yeah, to, to actually answer, you know, your question of should I be looking at 
other philosophers and their philosophies. I mean, it is, it's your life, right? And, and I want you to, uh, for the sake of your, your own life, you know, you, you should figure out what, what the best ideas are. Yeah. Right. And I'm confident, um, because I've done this too. I've looked at other ideas, right. Mm. Um, I'm confident that my, the philosophy I hold is the best, but, uh, I, I also agree. I think, I think looking at other ideas is actually is is helpful to some extent mm-hmm. um, it, depending on what it is you want out of them really yeah. you know um i when i when i was still deciding on whether or not i i really wanted to be an objectivist mm-hmm. um i had a period where i didn't read any of rand's work or any of sorry ayn rand Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't read of any uh, Ayn Rand's work or any objectivist literature. Um, I kind of just took a step back and looked at, you know, my uh, where where I came from, the the kind of the libertarian sphere. I I looked at um, what what I think generally um, most of society holds as 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 values, as like for instance, I. I looked at the concepts of, you know, equality or egalitarianism or, or diversity. Um, and, you know, I, I really asked myself, I, I said, you know, do, do the ideas that other people hold, do they, are they better? You know, do they, do they make more sense? Um, and, and I had this kind of comparison going on where even though I didn't know everything about objectivism, it, it, I, I still had um, enough of a benchmark. Yeah, exactly. And I could I could kind of compare and contrast and say, well, you know, and and I don't want to actually make this too much of a focus of objectivism versus other philosophies. I mm-hmm. uh, let's let's say like just just comparing all philosophies and, and looking out there. Yeah. I think you should be yeah you should be looking for um, what the best ideas are. Uh, and, and so is that a constant quest? Is that like, like it's because, you know, with anything, it's about how much value does it bring and how much time do you commit to something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so from, yeah, so like at some point, I, I would come to a conclusion that, you know, actively searching for better answers isn't bearing fruit and like being open to them if they're presented. I think that's always important, being open to what's presented to you, but it does like there's this other idea of actually choosing to pursue you know better answers yeah okay so yeah based on what you said there um yeah i think if you're if you're constantly just like yeah if you're constantly just doing research you know and saying okay i'm going to keep looking at different philosophies and you spend your whole life doing that mm-hmm. Maybe that's best for you if you're a philosopher or, yeah. you know, you're, you're a historian or you want to look at the history of philosophy, right? Yeah. Then, then that makes complete sense. And you can write about, you know, okay, well, this is how these philosophies stemmed and where they came from. Or you can say, okay, you can write a really in-depth and thorough paper on how the two compare and contrast. And that really, that's really helpful for, um, for people to really concretize the differences between yeah different philosophies right but for instance me i i want to be a professional engineer and and at least i want to start that way yeah and uh maybe i'll move on to more complex things uh but um for me what i what what interests me about philosophy is is how do i best apply it to improve my own life right Mm -hmm. And for my purposes, um, reading all of, um, uh, you know, Engels or Marx or Immanuel Kant is probably not really worth my time. So, um, it, so then it makes me think, you know, should I stick to objectivism until I think it's no longer adding that value to my life? And maybe, you know, it's adding value right now and I see the value it's adding only if I hit, 
hit a, hit a stagnation, do I maybe then investigate why and, and see if other philosophies could help me pursue that? Because I guess if, if, if there is a true answer and a true philosophy, it would always be able to guide you to a better life and it would be a consistent thing, which is what many people feel they have with their religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a, a religion is a way of living. It's a, it's a set of values that's defined for you, right? And, and it tells you, you know, this is what you should be doing in this case or... Mm -hmm. And it seemed, and, and people who follow them believe that it continually adds value to their life. So yeah. it's, and it's only when it, for many people, when they believe it's no longer, then they investigate why and, and question it or, or other things like that. Well, what, what I got out of, out of uh, reading objectivist literature and, mm -hmm. and reading Ayn Rand, um, an important thing that I gained was the idea of having an active mind. Yeah. Um, and an active mind is someone who is constantly um, thinking and present and in focus. Um, mm -hmm. And to new ideas. Um, I would I would rephrase it um, because. I would say I, I, I give ideas a, a fair hearing, you know? Yep. And, uh, and I, 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 I'm always willing to evaluate them uh, when they come to me. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, part of the, that's part of the process of, of, of having an active mind of, of, you know, if you're concerned with your life and reality, then, then if there's something that could possibly benefit you, you know, you should be interested in that. Yep. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean like accepting them as as correct right it means evaluating and then saying you know uh going through it's not doesn't have to be a complex uh process it could just be like does this correspond with what i've heard so far and does it make sense mm -hmm. uh, if it doesn't does it surpass that or does it yeah. or does it um you know is it does it just fall away is it yeah. not right and so I, I would agree with that. And I, and I think that is, you know, in the passive sense of having an active mind. And I think that's super important to not be closed down um, to any ideas. Um, you know, I still want to kind of push on how active in that search should me or someone be or, or how active do you think you should be in, in challenging your own assumptions and, and seeking contrarian views? if you think you're pretty satisfied with the views you currently hold? Well, uh, to take it back to my life, I read, um, I read Nietzsche a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I got to say, I was, I was actually a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought, you know, all, you know, people said he was so close to the, the truth. And I, I, I found some, there were some things I was, I was interested in, mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, um, I, I still didn't think he had a right, but, um, I think, I think, yeah, this question of, of, should you, should you look at others? Should you look at other philosophies and other ideas, uh, active, sorry. Um, in the, I'm trying to put this in the, in the sense that you mean it as in, um, like I'm going to go, to the library i'm gonna to go to the bookstore yeah so get, yeah in terms of like even yeah in terms of even practically right now like i am interested in heavily being interested in philosophy right and you know i still have so even just you know how to divvy up my time now i think objectivism is very it seems quite valid to me do i read three four five more objectivism books before i pick up another philosophy and see oh you know maybe you know, I, and I don't know how much introspection I need to do in that vein. Like maybe any, maybe someone compared it to a horoscope and maybe any philosophy I would have picked up as my first one, cause I was searching would have sold me the same way. I don't think my mind is that weak. Um, 
but you know in in general some people's are so it's a it's i always say i could be delusional right you have to be open to the possibility of being delusional um the very small possibility um i think maybe um uh, i i i would i would agree with that to to a good extent um like when you can i i can i read uh virtue of selfishness in a in a sort of uh i took on the the mask of a skeptic you know i said you know like if i was really trying to criticize this you know mm. then you know what would i what, what would i be thinking at this point you know and and what are what are other people saying that that contradicts this you know uh so like I think yeah, there there is value in seeing other philosophies, um, to the extent of of how much you want to to look at other philosophies when you've already decided you know this one this one makes the most sense and it's it's the most practical. But that's uh, the thing. I can't say it makes the most sense because I can only say it makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I guess you have to leave saying it makes the most sense to the to the people who dedicate their careers to it yeah you know? the philosophers the ones who write about it they study the they study all the writing mm -hmm. and then they, they come back to you and and they say you know well um these are the uh distilled points of the of uh of this person yeah uh and this is how they're uh this is how they compare to this person you know Mm -hmm. um so maybe it's um more of an issue of uh in a division of labor society you know uh yeah what you know what what do i what do i rely on others to give me and what do i rely on myself to have yeah and so that's get? that's actually a very interesting segue into kind of the what i would see as like kind of a corollary to this is you know I do believe in a lot of Ayn Rand's philosophy from what I understand of it. And so I've found that I actually want to know her opinions of poets and philosophers, right? But then you do put the risk of just perpetuating your beliefs, right? But I mean, that there is the idea of an authority figure that, you know, if I talk to someone about uh, science and everything that I knew about science, they knew about science and they seem to know more, I'm going to potentially trust them to tell me their specific research area, right? If they're a neurologist, right? I'm going to trust, if they don't contradict any of the knowledge I know to be true, then maybe they their, their next piece of knowledge is true as well. So, you know, when I look up, when I, I want to know Ayn Rand's opinion of someone, potentially before I form my own and and you know I wonder how healthy that is yeah I I I agree with you and and I actually had that worry as well where where I would read um her opinion about a specific subject or a specific person and I noticed you know like okay well I'm I'm really like because I respect her so much I'm mm -hmm. I I am slow I am sort of contradicting the the principles of, of objectivism if i just yeah. like you know she said this person's bad therefore he's bad you know yeah that's that's it's not like it's not the that's not the characteristic of someone who's actually you know rational and thinking right it's but it's it someone... is a it's a method of expediency right um you can't mm -hmm. ever absorb all of the like you have to trust some people to distill information for you at some point you're you're i think i think you're right uh so i guess maybe this goes back to division of labor right so in a even in in the physical goods sort of industry or sphere of things in, in economics right mm -hmm. so the division of labor means i can't like i have a guitar right next to me I will never have the knowledge of how to fully construct a guitar or the time or the tools to do it as well as the one that is right next to me. Mm -hmm. Like I could put in a good amount of work, a good amount of time to think about it and, and design one and build one from scratch. Maybe I'd get the same quality, right? 
But generally I rely on people who really know how to make a guitar really well to do that, you know? Mm. And, then, and then, you know, in a capitalist society, I'm, I'm paying them for their, for the value that they provide me. And, yeah. and they're, they're willingly exchanging their, their goods for the, for the money. Right. And everyone's benefiting from that. Yeah. So let's try to apply that concept of division of labor to the field of ideas, to, to experts, to, to science, um, and to philosophy. Yeah. Right. When, and I think we largely do, I'm just wondering, you know, particularly in the instance of, you know, the creator of, of an ideology, right? So it's like, you know, do I trust her that much, right? Um, or anyone that much. So it's still like a matter of extent um, when it comes to ideas, right? Do I take, because obviously it is, it's also contrary to objectivism for me to just say, oh, anything Ayn Rand ever said must be true because I've agreed with 20 things she said, right? So mm -hmm. it's again, if it's not that, you know, and it's not nothing, what it's kind of like, what is the balance? How much, um, you know, I, I suppose if there's ever something that is brought to my attention that doesn't seem to fit, right? I do have to challenge it, right? I can't, I can't, um, I can't close my mind. I have to keep it always focused and active. So if, if there's something that's brought to my attention that, that makes me question assumptions I'd had either provided by Ayn Rand objectivism or my own beliefs directly through another means, sure. But that's again, the more passive approach. I, how active should I be in that? Right? So like how, when I'm looking into Immanuel Kant or into Nietzsche, um, should I first, like my lens of philosophy is objectivist, so should I first look at the objectivist view or should I trust my judgment enough to look at it on my own, come to a conclusion and then see how it correlates with the objectivist conclusion? That's a, that's a yeah, that's a, a good question, but um, I kind of want to, I want to focus more on something you said at the start there, you know? Okay. Like you, you, you trust Ayn Rand. I don't think I don't think you need to trust her. Um, I I think she writes everything with the like, intent of you distrusting with, it. Well, not with the intent of you distrusting. I, I wouldn't say that, but mm -hmm. with the intent that you know she's writing to someone who is who is willing to think about things, you know, yeah. and who has a, who has a like a, an active rational mind and rational. Um, contrary to what a lot of people say. I, I don't think rational really means uh, infallible or you know always right. Yeah. I think I think rational, um, if it's if it's well done, you know, if it, if you do it like if you're extremely extremely rational, then yeah, maybe all of your conclusions will always be right the first time. But yeah. I think rationality is more just a a commitment to saying you know that reality exists and that you can't fake it. Yeah. And and. That doesn't mean that you you can't make um, basic mistakes, but it, it means that you know when you do make mistakes, you you need you your 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 goal is to correct them and and and, say, and you're you know, committed to correcting them. Yes, and you're you're committed to really what what reality uh, is uh, is saying. I mean, obviously yeah. reality isn't like. A person saying but something but reality, but reality has to is, dictate right? what you think and believe your what you think and believe cannot dictate reality so exactly. if, if reality at any point presents to you that you made a mistake in the past you have to deal with that right and um, and there are and, many ways in which you can deal with it right mm -hmm. um, and it's even no at way. the time you could have been fully rational in your decision and made the wrong decision because you didn't have all of the information Right, like that is possible as well. I think so. I think so. Um, I again, I'm I'm not a, I'm not an expert on this, right? Yeah. I I, I'm, I'm, I want to I want to explore this with you, David. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, definitely. That's I, I I'm I'm just exploring it, right? These yeah, are just so, the, the the thoughts I'm having. So yeah, if if something if you came to a conclusion about something and it was based on a, a rational process and then. It ends up being wrong. 
new information comes to light that proves it wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to, so I read this really good book uh, by Harry Binswanger uh, about a month ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he gave me a, he gave me a quintessential example of this kind of a, of a scenario. Uh, and it's called the black swan. Okay. So the story goes that in the 19th century, um, the scientific community or, or, or just general uh, knowledge was that swans could only ever be white or, you know, white with grayish specks. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and that's what defined the swan. And then lo and behold, somewhere in some, some completely remote area, uh, they found a black swan as it was a swan with black feathers. Yeah. Right. And, and there's nothing, uh, I, I don't see it as that crazy of an, of a discovery that there are black swans, but at the time. Yeah, and a lot of people, especially even now, they use that as an example of no matter how certain you are, you can be wrong. Yeah. And 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 what and, and I and what Harry kind of came back with that is that, well, how did we how did we define what a swan actually was? Yeah. You know, because cause how did we how did we actually decide that that thing with black feathers actually fits the characteristics of a swan? Um, if we define a swan as something that has to have, you know, white feathers, yeah. then, then, then why are we defining that as a swan? Like, how did that make the exception? How was that yeah. changing it? And, and what, it, what it really came down to was the definition of a, of a swan, that it should have white feathers, was, was not an essential part of the definition, right? And the definition and so, then broadened or changed to be more accurate and so your conclusion just changed with the new definition and and this is where the very interesting field of of objectivist epistemology comes in because that deals with the idea of concepts and definitions entirely mm -hmm. so um in the objectivist epistemology um a definition is is open-ended yeah um and and that doesn't mean uh it's always changing but you can add information to a definition from either end so you can generalize yeah. more or you can specify yeah uh and and i i think that this case of the black swan was really just a an issue of 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 the fact that most people don't have an objectivist epistemology and their definitions are really wonky mm -hmm. um but Let's go back to the to where where I was starting with this whole rant. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the idea that yeah you can be completely rational, and you can make a judgment about something, and I think new information can can change, perhaps some like it can add more knowledge to this to what you what the judgment is. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it brings up the question of do I actively search out that information, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm, again, I guess, I mean, the answer we've come to seems to be if I'm a philosopher, then yes, because like if I'm a neurologist, I have to be actively researching that field, right? To be yep. trying to be better and, and more precise in my definitions and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, the average person, and so I guess it depends how much it impacts your life to determine how much activity you should pursue in that regard. Because it still comes down to, yeah, obviously being open if the information is provided to changing your rational mind, um, but it's about, you know, what commitment to doing that actively is necessary. Yeah, and and, and to go back to maybe brain, uh, like to neurology, right? Mm -hmm. um, I could, as a, as a general, as a, an average person, you know, who's not interested in the field of neurology, I can know some things about neurology, and if they strike me as interesting, I can learn more, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, that doesn't all of a sudden, you know, uh, put a duty on me uh, that now I need to know everything about neurology in order to be rational or to, right. to be a truth seeker, right? That's <laughs> fair, but I wanna, um, I wanna, in, yeah. I wanna cut in because 
that's fair for neurology, but if we've agreed that philosophy is the core thing that drives any person, right? So I have now happened upon objectivism through you, um, and I've read it as my first philosophy, and I've said, oh, this makes sense. Uh, I agree with it. Um, you know, if I did that and I happened upon some like 1850s neurology book, and I read it and I was like, well, as far as I know, this all makes sense. So I'm just going to carry this as the truth, right? Um, mm -hmm. It could be a while until I'm confronted with contrary information. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, you know, it's possible that because the other thing, the other concern I have that I want to bring in is that, you know, objectivism did align quite well with some of the core beliefs I had had and developed on my own through whatever means. Um, so it's like, did I just happen upon the magic potion, right? Like, oh, wow, like the first entry into philosophy I have is the right one. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's unlikely as well, yeah, potentially. And, 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 and even then, maybe, like, maybe you are a, an exception in that though, David, maybe, maybe a lot of people, their first taste of, of philosophy was like, they learned about Karl Marx in... Uh, economics 101 yeah uh, in the university and 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 th that was the first time somebody actually proposed like even though Karl Marx I sorry I maybe it's a bad example but he, he was mm. more focused on economics and yeah but he did have a, a philosophy that stems from other philosophers mm -hmm. uh, so maybe you're maybe you're just an exception uh, and yeah and, and maybe you know the things um, that you believed coming into objectivism, right? You know how you said, oh, you know, they, they happen to align with... Yeah, because that's something just to be wary of generally. If it's a validating thing, it's more likely to... Uh, you're more likely to agree with it, right? Like it, it did validate some of the beliefs I'd had. You're right. Um, but maybe the things that you held beforehand, maybe you were already on that path of trying to figure things out as they really were. Mm -hmm. And maybe that, uh, like, I'm just hypothesizing here. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe that's why this spoke out to you so much because you were interested in what reality really says about things. Mm -hmm. And, and, and like, so maybe if, if instead of, uh, me bringing objectivism to you, I would have brought, uh, you know, postmodern, uh, philosophy like Rousseau so, or, yeah. or Derrida, right? I have um, to trust my brain. I have to trust, regardless of objectivism, I always believed I was rational and I always valued rationality. And so you're saying that if you would have brought something else, I would have likely dismissed it. It's not like, and I have to trust that I would have done that. I think we've had a conversation before about, uh, about you and trust. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it wasn't a podcast, so maybe mm. uh, maybe I'll, I'll review it. But sure, I I know uh, you know we we talked about uh, trusting things like um, like in this case, um, like what, what, what? I sorry, I'm kind of a little scatterbrained, but no like let's define let's try to define what what trusting is in this in this case. So if I if I, you have to trust that you're a rational person. You have to trust that this is a good philosophy. Uh, I have to trust in Ayn Rand, right? Well, but I, yeah, so I, I, I think I know where you're going and it's, you can only come to a conclusion of trust based on rational thinking. I have to rationally look at everything I know and analyze it and say, yes, this is the case, right? Um, but again, I think, uh, is that where you are going? Like, trust can only be developed through rational decision making real I, trust i just i just i don't want to use the word trust <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair enough um yeah i mean whatever word we use um there's still this idea i mean I, the thing that gives me the most uh calm let's say is that i'm continually open to the idea that i'm delusional right and that's a very extreme way to put it, but there was like, there's a quote from Mark Twain that it's like, the, the strength of my convictions that someone else's religion is folly makes me need to like reflect on my own with the same 
uh, strength. It, that's a horrible, it's much better worded than that. But he, mm -hmm. he basically says that like, I'm so confident in other people's uh, beliefs being wrong that I have to be open to my own being wrong. And if you can just cultivate that, that is the basis of everything else. And I mean, that is what objectivism builds in, right? Like you should question it all um, and you need to come to your own conclusions, which is why it, like, it does seem more comfortable to buy into it um, more quickly for me because it, it, it inherently does, you know, ask that of, of you. I, I like, I like questioning things, you know, I, I think, mm -hmm. uh, I, I hope that <laughs> you, I, you agree with that, uh, statement about myself. I, I like to question things, right? Yeah. I, I really like to, to question how, how things are and, and why they are. And well, yeah, so, but an unending skepticism, I think might not be the best um, the best way forward for for living because mm -hmm. I think um, there there is a, a point where you have to say, you know, well, okay, well, I'm alive. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't trust I'm alive. I know I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, okay, um, okay, that's fair. yeah. And 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 if I'm alive, then I, I have to figure out something I'm, I'm going to do about this whole being alive situation. You know, I'm, am I like, I'm going to continue to live and I'm going to try to continue to live further and, and, and how am I going to live, you know? And, and so, yeah, I think there's a process there that it stems from that, you, the fact that, that the one fact, you know, that you're, you're, you're alive and, yeah. and, and then you can build on that and, and, uh, and eventually, um, you get, I think, I think you have a lot more potential, David, to be, to be certain of things than, than you think that you have. Well, and so, so yeah, so this actually brings something interesting up that, uh, that I wanted to bring up anyways. Um, now after that example, I understand your, cause one thing we often struggle with, I think is, is my lack of clear definitions. Um, and so now I understand why you're. Let, let, you're, you don't love the use I have of the word trust and, and knowing I'm rational and knowing my thoughts because, you know, I actually, I do feel very certain about most things. I actually had a, a, a mini debate with a friend yesterday because she said I'm too absolutist, too black and white and the world is gray. And, <laughs> and, and I think uh, that's, that, that's, that's really, um, uh, I think you'll you'll come into those debates quite often. Right. And, <laughs> and so I've actually always gotten that feedback since I was a kid that I've been too black and white, too absolutist. And then, you know, I was always told that was wrong. And then reading about objectivism, I was told that was right. And so that was very validating to me. And so I actually, I'm just trying to be careful in my tone. Um, and so I, I was, and I don't remember exactly how I used the word trust earlier. Um, but I, so I know I'm rational. I know and and so the thought is like yes i know objectivism is true the same but the same way you know my christian friends know christianity is true the capital k right the knowing um but so i'm and then i was trying to explain to this person because you know we've talked about being open to changing your opinion and so she was like well if you're open to changing your opinion how are you black or white and I was like, well, no, because I know this is true. This is the truth. This is black until it's possible that, you know, more information will come up, but then I will know for a fact something new, right? And so I'm actually very open to changing my mind, but I can't just do it like willy-nilly. And, you know, someone who believes something is 50% gray can be much more easily convinced something is 55% gray. And like, what is their basis of that belief? Um, and how do they defend that? And so I've been kind of, I, I didn't have a clear definition. And so it's interesting that you say I'm not certain because I've been told quite often and frequently that I'm too certain and too absolutist. And so I, I think I understand why you don't, you didn't like the word trust um, before um, because, you know, it's not that I'm trusting I'm rational. So I, um, I guess I have to commit that I know I'm rational and I know 
that if I would have been presented with a different philosophy, that I would have rejected it because I do right now believe, no, like I do believe objectivism to be largely true. Obviously, I don't, I don't know enough, nor do I agree with everything. Um, but, you know, so the fact is that if I would have been presented something else, I, I would have rejected it. I have to know that. Is that, is that your, is, does yeah. that summarize? And, and, that... and, and I saw, like, I agree with, with what, with everything. And, and I, and I sympathize. I mean, I, I have issues too, where, you know, uh, people can say to me like, oh, how are you so certain about things? You know, um, you know, like other people disagree with you. Therefore, um, you could be wrong, you know, mm. um, I like I, I it's like it was actually very recently that and and I still don't um, have a, a very clear way of of really defending this. You yeah. Know? And so I, I'm sorry to disappoint you, if I, <laughs> but I could I could give you a really good advice on how to how to really, uh, I don't know, like own the libs or something. Yeah, no, but I'm kidding. But. So so like I. Let's try and like follow this tract a bit because, you know, I can know I'm right. I know with 100% certainty I'm right, but I can always be given more information and I could be wrong, right? And, and so like I'm open to that, but I'm still certain of what I know, right? Yes, I, I think so um, from what I've heard, um, uh, I might have to verify this, but I think you you can be certain to the extent that you know some things, right? Mm. Um, so I can be certain that there is a sun in our solar system, um, and 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 I don't mean that as like the the technical. Oh well, a solar system is defined as a. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a sun within our general vicinity, within like this collection of planets and yeah. and other bodies. I don't know how a sun completely works i believe it's a bunch of uh a it's a lot of like nuclear fission going on at the same time right mm. uh and and it's mostly made of hydrogen but i don't i don't really know uh, the size of it or or why those like it, maybe it's something with mass that you know it's everything's colliding into itself i i'm not sure you know um but i do know that there's a sun <laughs> yeah um and i can be certain of that and and I don't think I'm certain the same way a Christian is certain that there is a God, you know, uh, because my certainty, uh, I can validate it. I can, I, I can, I can actively validate it. Um, tracing back from, I okay. think my sense, right? But that's something, so that is something in the realm of metaphysics, right? But yeah. let's talk about the realm of epistemology then. How do you know objectivism is true? Well, the, so the sun existing is a metaphysical fact. That's yeah. true. But me being certain of it, I think is epistemological. Uh, because. Uh, no, okay. I, yeah. yeah. The process of getting to that point of certainty. Right. But you contrasted that with the idea of God. Right. Yeah. So I think yeah. um, that is God would be more in the realm of a, 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 of a principle or a theory. Um, yeah rather than something that exists in the world. And so, should I, sorry, David, should I, uh, considering like, I want to be courteous to people who are listening to the podcast, maybe we should just like quickly define maybe what metaphysics and epistemology really is. Is that, is that, is that okay? Sure. Is that, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go so ahead. Metaphysics is like the study of reality itself. And epistemology is the, the study of knowing of how we know about yeah, that's very broad, very broad summary. Yeah. Okay. So I think so it's to... I, I think we would both agree that like we both agree that in existence exists the primary of existence and things in the physical world you can know for a fact. Right. Um, very easily. Like but it's it's and you can know those things. But then it, where it gets tougher is to, to for either of us to defend our black and white, more absolute stance is the so I know that God in some form exists because I've experienced that, but you would disagree and you would be so, and, and so I actually talk very 
easily and openly with my Christian friends who know that God exists because I fully understand and have experienced the things that they experience that they call God. Um, but I, I view it very in line with the idea of any philosophy, um, right? So how do I, so this is where we started at is, you know, objectivism was my first philosophy I really read a lot about and I know it to be true, but I know it based on I, an objectively small um, explicit sampling, right? So I know it based on everything I've done and, and analyzed in my life. I know I'm a very rational person and I validated that against objectivist standards for rationality, right? But how do I clearly know that um, to the same extent I know there is a sun? And how do we, how do we articulate or defend that when um, with anything, you know, it is possible I, I also know that if I'm given new information that questions my conclusions, mm -hmm. I am open because I'm rational to changing my conclusions and being certain in my new ones. Because many people would say that's not certainty. And so I used to be called a hypocrite because I was open to changing my mind. I was so certain and I would put, I'm, I mean, practically it was beneficial because I got a lot done because I was certain and I didn't have to waste time, you know, humming and hawing and, and, and being subjectivist. But then I would, I would execute on my certainty and then I'd be presented new information. I would change an opinion and then I'd execute on that and be called a hypocrite. So I never executed something I didn't believe, which is the hypocrisy as properly defined, um, I believe. Um, That's a good definition, I'd say. Yeah. But people were so closed down to the idea that I could have changed my certainty so quickly and so freely. Mm -hmm. So that was a mouthful, but do you kind of get? I I, I I love that. It was I, I thought it was I thought it was a really good um, yeah this 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 issue of um, oh man you there was there was a part where I, I really I really found something I like to talk about. Oh yeah, so um, the gap between you know the sun existing and God right is very mm -hmm. large. It's very broad. So let's let's find that borderline case, you know, where, where we, you might think that there's that, that, that sort of dichotomy begins where, you know, there's physical things and you can validate those very easily, but then there's concepts and abstracts, which it's hard to be certain about. Right. So I think, I think the, the gap there, the divider, I, I would say like it's, it's between physical concretes, versus versus ideas right yeah yeah and so um, so god is a very let's call it large idea yes. but i there's not that many small ideas that are completely detached from metaphysical reality right like so i'm trying to think of i mean I, none come to mind right now um because i mean uh, is, is a table um an abstract if I say a table. So it's an abstraction, right? But the principles of objectivism is that everything, every concept comes from perceptual data, right? Mm -hmm. So everything would be knowable based in what you perceive, right? Um, yeah. But how do you still, so let's say I know, so let's use the example of knowing that a table has four legs, right? I know a table has four legs and I'm going to build tables and I'm going to love tables and then I, but I know tables have four legs and then lo and behold, I find out that tables can have five legs, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that is... So what I, happens to your definition of a table then? My definition of a table expands. Right? Or, or, or it, it, it becomes broad, less specific. Because perhaps, uh, yeah, and it becomes yeah. more correct. Yeah. So um, it, you have to you you're sort of within your umbrella to say, well, okay, well this 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 thing also fits the definition. Right, but I'm saying that is still something based in um, in reality. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm talking about 
you know, principles. Um, it, it's like, so, you know, that uh, pride is important and I know pride is important, right? Or I know honesty is important, right? Um, those things are such, such a more complex abstraction than a table, right? And so when you have any one of those principles that you know to be true, um, right? And, and, and I've always been someone who, who has apparently been too absolute in my principles. And again, you know, I'm happy to read objectivism and say that they're, that I'm not crazy for it. Um, but it, it is, it, I still, you know, come to this friend where, where they view my ability to, my openness to change my view, not a principle, but even, even the table, right? I'm, I'm a bit scatterbrained now too, but like they view the ability to change as grayness, right? So how would you define yeah. if I'm certain, yeah. if I'm certain a table has four legs um, and then I find out that it could have five legs and I'm certain that a table could have any number of legs, um, they would view that prior certainty as being like, wh why? So like they then say that, well, the grayness is actually the answer because like gray people would would have such a such a lack of definition of table that overall it's actually going to bear more fruit than being absolute in your definition because yes perhaps per, i apologize uh perhaps they they see it from um maybe a pragmatist sense right where if i don't have concrete definitions of things if i don't have good definitions i can always expand and shift to be fluid and match whatever I whatever I come across, right? Does that do you think that that might be the the sort of the opposite side of like the people well, so, who you? So I'm going to ask now what is the actual difference between that approach and the approach of I'm absolute until I'm presented an alternate option that I rationally agree and then I change my absolute, right? Cuz you're talking now about flipping so precise like at such a finite at such a minuscule precise level the ability to flip to a new absolute potentially based on new information does that not inherently almost lead you to a scale uh, uh, right like right because yeah. you can be presented there's a million different data points about tables that you could be presented with that would that would validly and rationally change your opinion from an original premise that you viewed as certain yep um so, yeah, let's stick to tables because <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of a lot of ammunition on tables because because uh, objectivists like to talk about tables. Yeah. Um, so when when we originally defined the table as a surface with four legs, um, maybe maybe it wasn't that we have shifting uh, certainties or, or shifting absolutes when we introduce a table of five legs. Maybe it's just that, uh, maybe, yeah, to go back to the, to the swan thing, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe just our definition of table was, was wrong and, and it shouldn't have, that should not have been the definition from the start, right? So I think I have, a, I, here's where my mind went. So I think the thing with certainty and certain definitions is a, a table is this, but that doesn't mean it's only and forever this, right? And I think that is where the where my certainty is and where other people don't understand. So mm -hmm. I can say this is a table and I can have it as an example. And I can then very clearly know anything that is not a table. But I'm, I never am so, so arrogant as to say this and only this is a table, mm -hmm. right? I mm -hmm. know for certain this is a table. Right. Um, and I can then use that as a point of reference to establish other tables. And if I'm presented with something that is not a table, I can clearly identify that. But if yeah. I'm presented with something I did not consider before to have even existed, I can say, oh, that is a table and I can be certain about that. So my my definition changes. My certainty doesn't it because I think many people I think this is actually I'd not thought of it this way before. Many people view certainty as 
this is the way it is and it's the only way it is. Whereas I think it's this is the way it is. And it's still because I'm committed to rationality, I'm very open that it could be some other ways as well. Um, but I can very much be certain that it is this and it's not these many other things, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can be certain, you can group things. This is black, these are all white. You can present something to me and I can tell you whether it's black or white. I'm sure mm -hmm. there exists stuff I haven't thought of before, but it doesn't mean those things are gray. Maybe uh, Rand, like Rand uh, in Objectivist Epistemology, she had a really... Uh, she had good um, qualifiers for what makes a definition valid, mm -hmm. right? And and I think it it would help in this scenario a lot because I think with going back to the table issue, I think I think our issue is is the definition has to be valid in the beginning in order for you to be certain about it at all. So uh, and there are certain requirements. So. I but believe... a definition can be valid and then still be eventually either too narrow or too broad as you right a definition can change as you get more information so like um like a human being uh when a baby uh starts thinking about a human or man right the first the first definition in their head they they're not going to state it right but it's, yeah. it's rather implicit is maybe like like when they're first like just gaining their vision, it, it's like and and let's suppose in this case there's no pets or anything mm -hmm. in the in the house, right? So the first definition is like a thing that moves, you know. Yeah, and that's a, that is correct. That is yeah, a that is exactly. a definition they're certain of, and that it is correct. And 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 when and when they when they get more information, then that okay, there 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 are also things like dogs and cats, right? Mm -hmm. Was was their initial definition of human wrong, or was it just it was too broad, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's still it, it's still valid. It's that still valid, it's, right? Yeah, and they're just valid. getting more sophisticated in their definition. Yeah, they're getting more specific until until there's a certain point where, you know, well, uh, Rand's definition of a, of a human being is a the rational animal, right? Mm -hmm. And and that is a valid definition and and there's really no like now what if what if what if we found another animal that was rational you know um then maybe we'd have to be more specific in our definition of human beings right but right now the rational animal thing is the the thing you could be most you could you're you could be certain that that is the definition of a human being because they're they're like an animal and they're rational that you can't uh, you can't take one of those things apart um, and, and, and define a human as it. But um, there's, I would say the, the oh man, I, I think I'm getting on a tangent here. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I wanna, yeah. I wanna just kind of then, we didn't really provide a good defense to my friend who, who has, who like, or, or to your friends who have an issue with this kind of absolutist, idea. I mean, my, my defense generally is that practically it has bore many fruit. I've been able to succeed quite extensively because I've been certain in my convictions and I've been able to execute on them. I do not need to waste time thinking that I'm wrong or doubting myself. Um, and I mean, there are even ben there are even things in psychology that um, you know, validate that, that you need to be able to be certain in yourself first and, and in your philosophy or, or whatever. Um, but it's still difficult to provide um, because I, I, I think that, I mean, I think so many people are open to the idea of being subjectivist that mm -hmm. they think that um, being certain and learning and changing is the same. And I have yeah. I've, I haven't been able to find the proper way to explain the difference. Can we can we maybe try to hypothesize like what has motivated like what has informed their thinking on this? Like why do they think that way? I mean I know we can't we probably won't ever actually without like asking them you know completely and then and then hoping that they understand everything. Uh, figure I don't why they believe this, but. I think we can do that on another episode. That would be a very interesting topic. 
and we can kind of go from there. Um, but I want to bring it back uh, just to the, where we started was, you know, should we, should I, should you, should anyone investigate beyond objectivism if they know it to be true? So we've said that we do believe that you can know it um, and it's not trusting it because, you know, I know I'm rational and I know that I've come to these conclusions rationally. Um, even given all that, what are your final thoughts on, you know, to what degree should I commit to actively questioning it? And, and, and you know, I do think when it comes to Ayn Rand's beliefs on others, that is for me right now, trust, because I don't know enough about her and maybe I could never know enough about her specifically. Um, so it's like, what, what, where does yeah, that I think you're fit using, in? I think you're using trust there well, I think. I think that, yeah, in that case, you know, you, you, you are trusting her opinion based on uh, what, you, you know, your esteem of her. Mm. Uh, again, I, I like, uh, don't rely on trust, you know? Yeah. Uh, like you know base um it's like a good uh good ground level entry right like or at least have a good standard of what what trust is you know like yeah uh, like it, maybe yeah i Sorry. mean it still comes down to i suppose that you know i can't distill all of the world's information if i can rationally know that someone has many views in line with mine i can then enter slightly into the realm of trust that you know I can use them as a base level, but I still need to do the full analysis myself, especially if it's something that is, and like, you also have to know that you will pick up on things that don't quite, that throw off red flags, right? Yeah. You can't be yeah. so certain that, you know, everything Ayn Rand says must be true and then not listen to one of your own flags or my own flags that are thrown up when I'm reading something. Yes, definitely, definitely like, like pay attention to your own inclinations mm -hmm. and, and, and to have like a really concrete answer of the, like, should I look at other philosophers? I would say mm -hmm. at least know like the basic tenets of other philosophies. Other you know? major philosophies. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's a really good starting point. And then, and then, you know, based on that, uh, based on your, you know, what, is your motivation like what what is your what are your values what do you need out of this then then you can decide freely you know mm. um, but you know like getting a cliffs notes version is probably not a bad idea yeah and i guess that makes sense if if i think philosophy is valuable to understand more than just to know my own um and even just yeah if i'm actually committed to as as thorough and you know valid a philosophy as possible I, I need to question and I need to continue um, not forever to like the detriment of other things, but it is a continual quest. And, and I think Ayn Rand would also believe that it's not just a, a passive thing, right? You can't just let things feed into you and, and you have to kind of also, you know, keep up and, and, and orient yourself properly in the world you live in, which includes other philosophies. Yes. And, and, and be, and be certain, you know, be, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think certainty is given such a bad name by people who make arbitrary claims and then are certain about, it, you know, mm. uh, uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm very much in the pro certainty camp. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it is possible. You can have it. Um, and, 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 and again, it's, it's certain given all of the information, you know, but it's mm -hmm. still certain. Um, and it, and yep. it's only, it's only a valid certainty if you're open to it being wrong, I think. What if we call it, what if we call it, uh, I've heard this from a friend, his name's, uh, Mark, uh, Swain or Swan, mm. uh, contextual certainty. Yeah. That's, you could call it contextual certainty. Yeah. And you know, I, I, within I, your I, context of what you know, you can be certain. Yeah, but you have, yeah, and it's, it's so important to know what that, to be, to be rational about what that context is. Because I think you're right that too many people claim certainty, but they're not rational and they're closed down to knowing their context. They think their context is absolute as well. Um, mm -hmm. And that is the bigger problem, that so many people claim 
certainty, but it's not contextual certainty. And then they're irrational and they're closed down to changing their mind. And so they're the larger representative in the population. And people think then it's like any amount of certainty is invalid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, platonic certainty. I would call it platonic certainty. Is that is that which other people hold? Mm -hmm. um, All right. Well, I think I'll have to end it there. Uh, I appreciate that this was a very good conversation. So thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure, David, as always. And thanks to everyone who is listening. Um, you know, that helped me get my fill. I hoped it helped you with yours too.